it's Mule Tip Tuesday. Um, I'm going to start off by thanking our amazing sponsors. We got Western Mule Magazine. Uh, did you guys know I write for them? I've said that a million times on here, I know, but uh, maybe there's some of you that are new to this Mule Tip Tuesday or new to the podcast. And um, yeah, I write an article for Western Mule Magazine every month, and I sure appreciate their support for these podcasts. Also, Mules and More magazine. Corey Daniels over there does a good job uh, putting together that magazine and and a uh, great magazine as well. And of course, last but not least, our uh, good sponsor Colt Naring at Colt Salary. You can find him on Facebook. So big thanks to all of them. If you, if you guys ever support them, I hope you do. Make sure you tell them that you heard about us or you heard about them from us on the podcast here and we'll be grateful for you. So Anyways, um, let's get going on today's Mule Tip Tuesday. Um, I had somebody comment in that I haven't been giving like a, like, uh, you know, I used to do Mule Tip Tuesdays a little different and and coming up, it'll be five years of doing these uh, Mule Tip Tuesdays. And, you know, when I first started doing them, uh, I would just leave you guys some little inspirational message and you know anymore we get so many questions on the email and so many questions here that I mostly just you know with with these episodes I'm mostly just answering questions for you guys um, so if you still like some of that Tuesday inspiration that I try to give um, you get a lot of those tips now on our clinic debriefs on the podcast everyday mealmanship with Ty Evans and and often I do bonus episodes on there and you guys can get little tips there too but I got a whole bunch of questions and hopefully hopefully these these uh, questions that are asked might apply to you if not it might apply to you someday so um, let's get started on these okay so we're gonna start with Cynthia Petacolas okay she's got a question about shoeing and her mule standing so here's the story last week and this is Cynthia talking here uh, writing here uh, last week I tried out a new shoer and had to transport my mules to him there were sheep all around us and lots of activities and the new shoer was a perfectionist Norma Jean that's her mule uh, as sweet as can be but she can be dominant she stood still for the first three shoes but on her last foot her hind foot uh, she decided she had enough and pulled her hoof off the stand and kicked and hit my shoer in the thigh. I was in shock and did not know what to do as I have never had a mule kick me or anyone else. I backed her and circled her and made her stand so he could finish. What would the correct what would the correct response be for that type of action? That was a serious kick. The shoer was also a vet, so he said he would only do the last shoe with sedation which he gave her and after a bit she hung her head while he tacked on the last shoe suggestions uh, now they won't shoe her without sedation so okay Cynthia um, number one um, this is a kind of interesting question for today because as soon as I get off here doing this meal tip Tuesday for you guys I actually have a online class uh, that I'm taking about uh, horsemanship in uh, in horseshoeing okay so uh, that's what I'm gonna be doing right after this and this is interesting um, you know number one Cynthia uh, stuff does come up 
And it sounds like, you know, from from the way Cynthia, and I know I know Norma Jean, uh, from the way she's talking about this, you know, uh, she's never had this happen before. And, and you never know what maybe caused that kick, okay? Sometimes you pick up that leg wrong. Sometimes you pinch something. Sometimes, um, sometimes you know, their attention is elsewhere. And picking up a foot kind of comes as a surprise. You know, maybe they're looking over there at, at those sheep. Or maybe they're looking over there at those dogs. Or whatever it might be. And um, they're a bit distracted. And then you touch them, and in their head they're just thinking about those sheep or the dogs or whatever. And you know, uh, they might think it's one of them coming up on their leg. I'm not giving the mule any excuses, but if it, you know, just because it happens once does not make it a thing. And that's for the better or for the worse. Sometimes people get hung up on that a one-time deal being such a big deal. And I'm not saying that it can't be. It can be, but uh, it's not always the case. Um, so what would I do? Number one, it is not the horseshoer's job at all to train my mule or teach my mule or anything like that. I'm sure if there's any of you that shoe out there, you're probably giving me a, a round of applause right now, you know, because, hey, it's, it's not, it's not the farrier's job to teach your mule anything. It's their job to show up, trim your mule, put some shoes on or whatever it is you're having them do that's their job okay they don't need to train so you know and the other thing that a lot of us need to realize and remember that you know just because they're a horseshoer does not make them a horseman um, I know many shoers I got a lot of friends that are shoers that don't ride uh, and, and they don't um, do anything with horses or mules other than just work with their feet that's all they do so you know it's it's not their job to do that we need to get that animal prepared you know and if I had a, a mule or a horse that was having continuous issues picking up their feet, uh, one of my favorite things to do is um, teach them to lead by a foot. So I teach them to lead by that hind with a rope, you know, just a lariat rope, something simple in the round pen. Teach them to pick up that foot. That's my favorite way. And then continuous use, uh, you know, continually picking up those feet. Um, uh, one thing that I try to teach and then I try to do myself is you know every time you guys ride and, and this is this is unique to the mule culture and the barefoot culture okay is a lot of times we think you know just because our mules don't have shoes on them uh, just because you know they don't get uh, mud and, and rocks and stuff you know kind of stuck in there with the shoes uh, a lot of times we don't clean them out regularly we don't pick up those feet uh, you know on a regular basis we're not getting that meal used to that and you know even though your meals are barefoot and and maybe they don't pack a lot of stuff up in there hey you need to pick them up as much as you can clean them out that'll help and your farrier will be very grateful for that you know so you know and about the sedation Cynthia uh, there have been plenty of animals that I, I've recommended sedation on um, you know maybe the job has to get done Norma Jean is not Qual I mean, is not. I don't think she needs to be sedated. You know, I know this mule, and um, but at the same time, you know, you're like I said, your shoer is there to get the job done, and if they need to get the job done, and your animal's having a hard time, you know, uh, yeah, you could give them a little sedation. Um, I've never given any of my mules sedation uh, ever. Not not one of mine have I ever sedated for horseshoeing. Um, you know, the only times any of mine have ever been sedated was be for things like 
getting the teeth floated or other vet procedures that you know require that for pain tolerance really um, anyway Cynthia so I wouldn't worry about it too much in this one incident I I'm just gonna kind of move on from it and you know if this uh, shoer's not fitting the bill for you move on there's a lot of horseshoers out there wanting some work there's lots of them so good question um, okay so uh, the next question I got here is uh, from Quint Ricketts and Quint was just watching I hope you're still on there say hello Quint if you're on here um, I have about 40 rides on my three-year-old Colt first mule I've broke he's doing great at everything except going downhill two weeks ago I came off with some injuries but managed to ride him two miles out I have been working with him and healing up but it happened again last night with a downhill grade that is not that steep I re-injured re my wrist and he is killing my confidence. I did manage to get back on and ride out. Is this a tack issue or a colt issue? Um, suggestions appreciated. Uh, then he sent a follow-up. He said his mule is a little underweight and might think it's a saddle issue. He wondered if you know you can modify your pad. So Quint, a couple things. Yes, uh, these youngsters got to learn how to go uh, downhill. Okay, these these youngsters don't know how to pack. They hardly can pack themselves uh, downhill without doing something goofy. And then you know you put your weight on there, and they do have a hard time. That's a normal thing for colts to have a little bit of an issue going downhill. It happens all the time. Uh, this is why I do like to pack my colts, you know, downhill before I ride them and and uh, you know introduce them to things like that um, but you know nonetheless even still do that and they could still have problems so you know it is what it is but uh, yes if they are underweight you know he mentioned the meals maybe a little underweight um, the saddle won't fit that great uh, if that saddle slides up there on those shoulders and kind of pinches the shoulders um, kind of pinches the wither uh, all that can cause issues cause discomfort and you know cause reactions that way um, you know sometimes all the discomfort it takes is just that shift of weight more forward on their back and on their spine and not as evenly distributed that might be all the discomfort it cause you know that's that's needed to cause a little bit of a behavior issue with the mule maybe wanting to buck downhill or or uh, toss its head around or pitch a little fit um, you know it doesn't have to necessarily mean a whole bunch of pain is being inflicted just that discomfort might be all it takes just that shift of weight um, so one thing I would recommend so first of all this is the process first of all I'm gonna check and see okay well maybe my saddle did slide up too much uh, maybe my uh, maybe I did kinda right up there on the shoulder maybe that hurt him okay maybe he is a little underweight and not packing the saddle correctly maybe my saddle doesn't fit him maybe my britching wasn't adjusted correctly maybe you didn't have your rear cinch snug um, blah 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 right whatever I'm gonna go through all those those easy things those are the easiest parts to fix right just a little adjustment and you can fix those things change the saddle add a little weight those things can be helped as far as the behavior part if it's a little bit more on the behavioral end this is the easiest way to help these colts go downhill I'm gonna go down the hill like five or ten feet and then I'm gonna turn them parallel you know uh, turn them uh, horizontally on the on the hill Okay, then I'm going to go down another 5 or 10 feet. I'm going to turn them horizontal the other way. And so I'm going to kind of zigzag down this hill. And uh, that's an easy way for your mule to learn to pack you, to carry you. 
um, and it's not a long continuous heel you just do a little short section and then you can correct the other thing I do a lot of is I'll go down 10 feet and come back up five and then I'll turn around I'll go back down another 10 feet and come back up five you know that way I'm I'm kind of going up and down up and down and and they're getting some experience as long as they can physically handle that I don't uh, this is a three-year-old so you might not be able to do a ton of that kind of stuff just yet you know and speaking of three-year-old you know he's a this meal's a baby uh, he's just a baby so so don't don't make it a thing your meals not bad at going downhill um, it just needs some help fig figuring some things out so those are a few suggestions I'd follow and I do have a little um, I just have a little comment for you quick Quint on this uh, uh, when you said uh, you know I re-injured my wrist and he is killing my confidence so just just a side note and this is something we teach in the clinics you know the mule is not in charge of your confidence any of you the mule doesn't give or take away confidence that's something that you do personally that's that's your thing so you know don't don't put and I know how you're just telling me kind of how you're feeling and I understand that but don't put it on the mule it's not the mules responsibility to make you feel confident you have to uh, build your own confidence you have to build your own it's kind of like your own muscles no, nobody can give or take away muscle for you you have to build your own muscle um, and you can lose it and you can build it again you can lose it but nobody can take that away or give it to you uh, it's kind of the same thing with confidence from the mules per, uh, side so anyways you know so, some of these little things um, like having a little trouble going downhill you know it, it seems like a big deal it seems like a big problem at the moment but it's if you just kind of do some of the suggestions I said and you take it a little slower a little easier you know I got a couple three-year-olds I have two three-year-olds right now that I'm started that I'm working and if you guys have been following along with the Dally Diaries then you'll recognize Dally and then some of you maybe have been uh, on the video library checking out Hannah um, I got Hannah on the road with me right now we left Dally home giving her three weeks off um, but you know uh, these three-year-olds like I was just out uh, doing a clinic in Utah an extreme trail riding clinic and and I took both of those three-year-olds out there a couple weeks ago and I walked both of them down some hills that I thought were too much too big and so I got off and I let them down there because I didn't want to put so much pressure on them um, so you got to kind of take care of them that way but hey Quint that was a great question I appreciate you uh, asking that let me know what you think of uh, sorry uh, what you think of uh, that answer there let me know if you have any comments so okay um, I'm just seeing what comments we got on here make sure I'm not missing anything there's a whole bunch um, next question is from Joan Zaire or Zaire sorry I don't know how to say that uh, how do I keep my mule from doing a spin when he spooks just a straight-up simple question right you know these animals that want to spin turn around on you and take off when they get scared um, any of you that have been to the clinics you, you know you can probably answer this yourself right now but you know you gotta keep them centered how do you keep them centered well you can't you can't keep them centered unless you've built these lines that we talk about you know we talk about keeping them centered in our clinics and stuff but you know they can't stay centered if you haven't built these lines around them so all of you watching uh, or listening right now if you could picture you're sitting on your mule inside of a rectangle shaped box around you you got a line in front you got a line in back and you got a line on both sides 
okay you got these lines but those lines your mules can't stay in those lines unless they they understand what those lines mean so you got to build them you know for example the front and the back line those kind of get built with transitions and speed control the side lines get built with lateral work teaching your mule to move the hinds and move the front so you know if you haven't built these lines Joan if you haven't got your mule real handy then they're not going to stay within these lines and therefore they're going to spin and run away and spook you know in the clinics we get asked this a lot they say hey Ty you know what and this is probably one of my biggest pet peeve sentences right here is when they say uh, Ty I'm just a trail rider like saying hey I'm just a trail trail rider is like a cop-out to not get the mule handy like that's their excuse they I just ride trails, so I don't need to do that stuff you know, of all the disciplines, you probably need to do it the most because, you know, if you think about it on a on an average basis, you know, trail riders come across more things than most disciplines. You know, most disciplines, maybe, you know, maybe if you're you're into a three-day eventing type deal, you're gonna spend a lot of time in the arena, and there's a limited. There is a lot of things that can happen there. You know, uh, maybe you're into some some ranch rodeo stuff. Maybe you're into roping you can kind of get your horse your mule familiar with that but you know trail riders every ride is different and you come across um you know different things all the time all the time okay so you know of all the disciplines i think trail riders should get their mules the handiest you know you need to get your mule to where you can move the hinds move the front the better you can do that lateral work the less likely they are to spin and spook um, but it's typical they'll say no I don't I don't need to do that and they don't work at it and they just kind of poke down the trail until something happens so anyways Joan that's that's the answer to your question get them centered keep them centered get them handy a handy mule is a safe mule a lot of you have been in my clinics you've heard me say that a million times okay Joan if you're watching let me know what you think if you're listening later on the podcast uh, send me a uh, email let me know what you think about that um okay next question is from tamra king uh up in washington i believe um how would you suggest i teach my mule to stop kicking out at tailgating equines on the trail i uh, uh recently another mule crowded my mule and he struck without a tail swish or ear cue that i could tell I don't blame Java, but I can't control other riders, and I did ask the friend to hold their mule back to give us plenty of space. They claimed they were not that close, but clearly they were close enough to fully connect with their mule in the shoulder. I feel these encounters are putting me even further behind in trying to prepare um, to be ponying, uh, to, to be my ponying equine. Okay, Should I be getting after Java? That's her, her animal. Uh, for being defensive how can i mitigate this being tailgated when clearly some people have a different concept of what distance is safe following distance in my mind if my mule can reach you you are too close ideas okay tamara uh, this is a good question and an important question and uh, some of you listening uh, right now might be chuckling because you've heard you've heard my spiel at a clinic about uh, being kicked whose fault it is um, and you've heard me talk about, hey, you know what, if, if, I, if I'm following you and I'm close enough, and anybody with common sense, anybody with common sense can 
see how far, you know, how long a mule or a horse's leg is, okay? Anybody with, with eyes and common sense, I should say, um, they can see that. So they know how far they should stay. Uh, so here's the deal. If I get close enough to your mule or your horse and I get kicked, it's my fault. You break my leg, you break my mule's leg. It is my fault. I'm taking responsibility for that. Uh, if I'm on the other end, say my mule kicks kicks you and hurts you or hurts your mule, you know, hey, that's that's my bad. That's my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, basically, it's about taking responsibility, right? Just pay attention. But here's the deal. This is something I've learned, Tamara. Number one is you can only control you and your mule. Okay, you can't control what anybody else is doing around you. You can't control the person that is getting too close to you. You can't control the person that you know runs into you. Or you can't control anybody else. So you need to take responsibility and take care of yourself. And you know, say I know, say I know if I'm on a colt or if I'm on a mule that you know I know might have some issues. Um, you know, with another animal, um, when somebody else is getting close to me. I'm paying attention to my mule. I'm watching them. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm aware. And uh, as that person gets closer to me, I'm going to watch my mule's expressions. And when their expression starts to change or get a bit sour, or or maybe they flick that ear or or whatever, I'm going to redirect that mule. Um, I might even do it before they change their expression. Uh, you know, you can put yourself somewhere. You can you can move on the trail. You can go bust through that brush. You can go bust through them trees. You can go around them rocks, and you can put yourself in a in a, a safer place to be, so that you don't get kicked, and your mule doesn't get kicked. So you know you can make that change. But your mule always does something uh, before they do something. There's always an expression. There's always a little change. It might be rapid, fast, but there's they always they always prepare to position for the transition. Okay, so um, so. Yeah, I guess I'm just taking responsibility. And if you guys get a chance to ride with me, just in normal, in a normal uh, situation, you guys just come ride with me. Uh, you know, kind of out of a, well, in a clinic setting, but kind of out of a clinic setting, and just kind of on my own. Um, you won't see us bunched up in a line. You're you're gonna rarely see uh, me or my family um, in the dude string positions. Okay, we're not just bunched up going down trail um, I'm probably gonna go over there and Sky's gonna be riding over here and Ellie's kinda riding over there and you know our, our friends and our family we're kinda just bouncing all over um, and we don't really line out that much and uh, but if I if I see if I see a mule if I see my mule getting bothered I'm gonna redirect that you know and then you know on the other end on the rider that's getting kicked you know you guys gotta pay attention like I said you know, you can see how long a mule's leg is. And I don't know why anybody would want to let their mule just ride another mule's butt the whole time. I hate just following the butt, okay? I, I want my mule riding on its own. Um, but, you know, I, it's very common. I see it all the time. Folks just kind of get in line and plug down the trail like a bunch, a bunch of dude mules. And, you know, um, to each their own. I'm not dogging on that, but for me, I'm paying attention. So, anyways, Tamara, I hope that helps. Um, and work on it. Redirect your mule. Get your mule comfortable. I guess I have another thought. You know, I I work colts on all my mules. Okay, 
uh, and this kind of leads to another question we got this week, and I didn't write it down, but I'll mention it. But, uh, you know, I work Colts on all of my mules, and my mules need to be just totally neutral around um, other animals, uh, you know, because I might have these Colts that are very insecure, and I just need my ride mule to be very quiet. We have a Colt starting clinic coming up at our at our house uh, in a couple weeks now, um, and I'm going to be using few of my mules to work the colts off of and they need to be uh, just totally neutral and not affected by the others and this is handy this is a handy thing but you know it takes it takes a, a confident rider to help that mule to be that confident to be able to handle that because you know the mules just protecting themselves so you know when it when it comes down to it and that mule kicks another mule you know they're just protecting themselves that's just nature. You guys want to practice natural horsemanship? That's the natural horsemanship you're going to be dealing with. Is mules kicking other mules, horses kicking other horses, you know. And so we want to help get that mule thinking, processing, and uh, confident. So I had a friend write in. I don't have this written down here for today, but Mike Flood wrote me a, a message uh, yesterday, I think it was. And he says he's got this... this uh, this mule that he's working other colts off of and you know and he got uh, these colts these new these new colts uh, you know they're just kind of wild and so he got a rope on them and and when he get he got the rope on these one of these colts you know they kind of blow up and buck and they're kicking and farting and squealing and they kind of take off running and he said his his mule just joined right in it you know and and he asked you know what do I got to do to prepare this whole thing you know and for me it's a slow process of preparation but basically that mule or that horse needs to stay with me in that moment and not join in on the instinctual side of things and it's really hard it's really hard to to keep them there but you know you do it by asking them questions rewarding them for those answers that are that you're looking for and you keep building that thought process so okay the last question I have written down here, and then maybe I'll take uh, maybe I'll take a few of yours that are watching live, um, comes from Tammy Bradley. Tammy, I think I saw you on here. Tammy, say hello if you're still on here. Uh, but her she, her question is pretty is pretty keen. It's uh it's a little challenging to answer just generally speaking, but I'll do my best. But her question was about the timing of the release in the saddle as she's riding and. And she, she wants to know the difference, you know, as the mule's beginning to learn, what does the release look like? Oh, she's still here, she says. I'm good. Um, you know, what about, and then the question that I thought was interesting, what about when they basically understand what you're asking but are looking for ways around it? Uh, how much pressure should you hold and at what point do you release? Okay, so here's the deal about release. Release, this is, this is basically the whole concept of... Uh, the secondary level of what we teach you know you, you all heard of about you've all heard of pressure release I mean pretty much any horseman uh, anybody that's around animals much has this concept this principle um, in their mind okay but there's something that be, that comes before this and this is what we're trying to build and this is if you know you come to the clinics this is what we're trying to get going is the feel that comes before pressure release there's there's more to riding mules than pressure and release. There's more to riding than bits and spurs, okay? Um, but, you know, back to pressure and release, you know, you have to have pressure for relief to be effective, and you have to have the relief or the release 
uh, for the pressure to be effective. So they go hand in hand, okay? Can't have one without the other. Um, so let me talk a moment, Tammy, about full the full release or a partial release, okay? Full release is, is like when you completely quit and you let the mule stand there. So so maybe uh, maybe you're working on, um, let's just say you're working on uh, roll the hinds, roll the front. Okay, it's a very simple, basic move that everybody should be able to do on their mules. Okay, but when you're teaching, it's a bit challenging. Um, so, so you roll the hinds three steps and you move the front one step and you quit and you let the mule stand there and you just leave it alone. You don't touch the thing. That is a full release. Now, an example of the partial release, and this is this is critical to progression. But as your mule starts to have a little understanding, you start applying a partial release on a lot of these things. And if you've ever watched me work on, you know, continuing to build a turnaround, and hey, you know what? Connie's on here. Connie, I just posted a video on our online video library today of me working on turnarounds with your mule, Kenya in North Carolina. And if you watch that, it's a really good um, example of a partial release. You know, as I'm working on this turn, I'm trying to get this mule to move that front end. As the mule takes one step with the front end, I kind of ease off with my leg, and, I, and I, even, I even ease off with the outside rein a little bit, okay? And then I want another step, so I add a little bit more to it. And as the mule takes a step, I release partially, and I, but I, I'm continuing to ask the original question was hold the turnaround, okay? But you do this partial release, okay? Um, another example of a partial release is when I'm backing up multiple steps, backing up. I might pick up a soft feel. I might kind of open my legs up a little bit and shift my shoulders back. And as that mule uh, takes a step, I might release a little and kind of let my rein down, my shoulders down a little bit. But then I ask for another step again. So I'm doing this partial release, kind of saying, good job, good job, good job along the way. So I'm not, completely, I'm not completely quitting and just letting the mule sit there, but I'm saying good job so the mule knows it's, in the, the mule knows it's going in the right direction, okay? Um, there's lots of examples of, of this, you know. For example, going down the trail. Your mule should be getting partial releases going down the trail. See, I don't want to have to do a full release going down the trail, right? Or else you'd be going down the trail and every 10 feet you'd have to stop and you'd have to say, good job, mule, that was a good 10 feet. And then you go another 10 feet and the mule goes and you say, okay, good job. And you gotta let him stop and stand there. That's not how we wanna ride. Life is full of these partial releases. So as you're going down the trail and maybe you have a few moments where you're not schooling, you're not working, you're not really asking a lot of questions. You're just kind of riding down the trail. That's a partial release where they should keep going but they should find relief in the move. And that is the key to all these things. That's that's when you know that your release and your relief is really effective is when the mule is finding is finding relief in the move that you're asking them to do. I want them to find uh, that relief. I want them to find that comfort in the move that I'm asking of them at that moment. Um, and I have a comment, Tammy, for you about... Uh, what you said so so she says what about when they basically understand what you're asking but are looking for ways around it okay so the cool thing about mules is they're not capable of of like ooh I know what that human wants but I'm not gonna do it because I want to be a jerk okay they're actually not even capable capable of that they lack they lack that part of their brain 
that the humans have say I'm you know I'm capable of that so are you the mule is not the mule only does what is comfortable and it tries not to do what is uncomfortable okay so just and just because the mule has done it once or 500 times doesn't mean the mule is finding comfort in it and this goes back to my comment just a moment ago where you know your mule has to find comfort in what they're doing so say you think you you think you you think the mule knows what you you know what what you want it to do but you think it's kind of looking for a way around it no here's the deal your mules looking for comfort and the thing that they have done many times before they have obviously not found comfort in that so we have to help them find that and you know that goes right along with this question of release you know well maybe i'm going to reward them for smaller pieces maybe i'm going to reward them more uh, acutely for for all these little little pieces i'm going to say good job more and you know as i'm working my mule i'm looking for every opportunity to tell my mule good job i'm looking uh, to have an attitude of gratitude while i'm working these mules and so you know anything you can tell them good job do it help them find the release um, and give your mule the benefit of the doubt it's it's important to take away a lot of these human emotions that we have you know we can be we can be a bit vile and we can be we can be jerks uh, as humans we can be we can be turds um for sure but you know the mule is so much more pure than we are they're very simple hey they'll do what they find to be easiest and most comfortable and they will avoid what they find uncomfortable and not easy to do so we just keep that in mind tammy uh you'll get along with the, these mules just fine so um and here uh, the last part of this question i need to address is how much pressure should you hold and at what point do you release here typically um let's let's just let's just put this in a general a, a general thing here so so this is you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure out how to apply this to your situations okay friends um but let's say we're dealing with the rain okay we're dealing dealing with the rains here um usually we should not pull on the reins harder we should wait longer that's a general rule of thumb that i have don't pull harder wait longer also when it comes to reins like let's say you're trying to move the hinds or move the front or do general turns okay typically if i feel like i need to pull on the mule harder with the reins i need to check on my legs my legs are probably staying at home not doing the job they're probably not working for me and, and they're probably sitting around so i need to re-employ those legs and teach them how to work again and use my legs a bit more rather than pulling harder um uh so and, and it's really hard to say at what point do you release you know the littlest try it's kind of that like i said the attitude of gratitude right i can't wait to tell my mule good job so the littlest try i'm going to be i'm going to be saying hey good job mule and um that's what i'm trying to get done so anyways those are some good questions today uh if you guys don't mind i'll scroll through here and see um see what we got uh, for questions on here today um all right let's see let's see what this says uh henry hawk taxi and i have some recent jumps have had some recent jumps working up the checklist as I have improved my body position in the maneuvers. Thank you for your example. Yeah, body position makes a big difference, doesn't it? 
um, that weight distribution. Sue Mywald says, love the attitude of gratitude. Yeah, it's a good way to live, isn't it? So Tammy responds. She says, good point. I need to work on being consistent in what makes her comfortable. Yeah, we all do. We're all working on that. Um, let's see what else we got. Kathy, uh, Kathy Anderson. Um, only caught Ty's comments on the shoeing and downhill incidents, but he is right about all the possible reasons, yet not making assumptions that blame the mule yourself. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Um, Myra Toth says, how important are spurs? Should I consider wearing them for a better response? So Myra, I wear spurs um, all the time, uh, but it's my goal. It is my absolute goal not to use my spurs. I would love it if you asked me, um, you know, hey, Ty, when's the last time you used your spurs? And I'd say, oh, you know, back in... 1998 I'd love to be able to say something like that you know um, I, I'd like to not have to use them but you know they're there to help me out if my legs fell see we talk about the order of operations seat leg rein and if you guys want the full order of operations it would be think seat leg rein and then my heel or my spur that'd be that'd be last okay it'd start with a thought and go from there um, let's see, I'm not seeing a whole lot of questions here, but I'm not very good at scrolling. All right, let's see if I see anything else here. Got a lot of good friends on here today. Um, okay, here's a question from Karen Miller. I saw the photo of the Dun Mule trying to make a kite of you. <laughs> Karen, that's kind of a funny way to put it. Yeah, the Dun Mule did try to make a kite of me. Uh, you did well. Um, it didn't happen, but is there a way to cure that once they've gotten good at it? So. What Karen is talking about, I believe, um, is uh, at the clinic last week and done again. And I kind of talked about it on the clinic debrief, Karen. So if you check out that episode of the podcast, you can hear me talking about Pickles was that mule's name. Uh, I've had multiple mules named Pickles, uh, you know, kind of dragged me around. But uh, anyways, uh, you know, teach them how to lead. That's it. Those mules won't bolt on you um so those of you that don't know don't know what she's asking me about here on our facebook sky posted a series of pictures um that you can scroll through and you can see when the mule leaves and starts to drag me and then you can see when i got the mule back and i'm working on a video i'm going to have that on my video library here hopefully in the next few days for you to watch that sequence um the actual live video of it um but you know, when they bolt away, and I've talked about bolting mules, it seems like at least once a month on these podcasts, bolting mules come up, right? Um, teach them to lead. And, you know, the reason they bolt, Karen, the reason that these mules bolt is too much pressure and they're looking for a way out. That's plain and simple. That's the most basic level of it is they're trying to find a release from the pressure and they get better at finding the release or making their own release. So a lot of these mules... You know, they get too much pressure put on them, so they bolt, they get away from you, and they get this big old dopamine hit when they get away. They feel much better away from you. They're licking and chewing, and all, they got all these chemical feel-goods going on in their brain when they're away from you. And, uh, you know, hey, that's tough because you have to provide that same release. You have to provide that same release over and over and over for them, and that's the hard part. Um, I see a lot of people that have mules that bolt and then they get kind of ticked off 
and they're kind of taking it out on their mules in some ways, you know, and then they get them back and they're like, oh, I'm going to work that thing. And, you know, you're just feeding the desire to flee the scene even more. So teach it to lead. I'd ask that mule smaller questions, um, give it bigger rewards, and kind of work from there. And you can watch that in the video that we uh, we filmed. That'll be on the video library coming up soon. So, all right. I, uh, I think that's pretty good for today. Hey, um, if you guys don't mind... If you would leave a review, uh, specifically on Apple Podcasts, if you guys listen on Apple Podcasts or here on Facebook, uh, tell your friends about this. If you would at least just hit the share button, I'd be grateful to you. Um, but hey, wherever you're listening from, whether it's on Facebook or or uh, on the podcast, we are very grateful for you and appreciate all uh, the support. And we're here in John Day, and you'll get a clinic debrief coming up this weekend. After this clinic, it's a full clinic. We've got like 36 participants coming up here, and there's going to be a lot of great stories and a lot of good times. So uh, until next time, God bless you, and uh, we'll see you down the road. All right? Take care.